Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Some of the best moments that involved the legendary King of Hearts 
and of course, uh, <clears throat> uh, and uh, you, and like I said, you'll be absolutely amazed at through a lot of what a lot what this man did, of course, for the for the world of professional wrestling as we know it. If you want to chime in on anything we had to talk about here uh, tonight on this very special wrestling profile episode number fifteen. Please feel free to give us a call, 1724-444-7444. Call ID 142-241-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything we have to talk about here tonight, which, of course, like I said, it will be, of course, a very special profile here on, on what would have been this week the 52nd birthday of the late King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Let's go ahead and go to the Wikipedia page now and let's see what uh, we have. Uh, let's see. Let's see as we all learn together about this great superstar, some stuff like that we may, we we have heard of, and some stuff we haven't heard of, obviously. So let's see what we go. Let's see what we have on tap here with a with the uh, <clears throat> Wikipedia file on Owen Hart, which of course will be put into our Wiki Files page here, of course, after the show is over with here tonight. We'll go more into that later on. Owen James Hart, born May seventh, nineteen sixty five. Sadly, passed away May 23rd, 1999. Was a Canadian-American professional and amateur wrestler who worked for several promotions, including Stampede Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, WCW, and WWF, where he wrestled under his own name and, of course, the ring name, The Blue Blazer. A member of the Hart Wrestling family, he was born in Calgary, Alberta, the youngest of 12 children of Stampede Wrestling promoter and WWE Hall of Famer Stu Hart. And of course, his uh, and of course his wife Helen. Among other accolades, Owen was a one-time USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion, a two-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, and a four-time WWF World Tag Team Champion, as well as the 1994 WWF King of the Ring. Sadly, Hart died on May 23, 1999, when an equipment malfunction occurred during his entrance from the Raptors of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri at the WWF's Over the Edge pay-per-view event. He's considered by many of his peers to be one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Uh, there's no argument here. No, no indeed. Here's a little bit more. Here's a little bit, uh, of course, there. On, like we said before, his, his birth name, Owen James Hart, born May 7, 1965, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Sadly died on May 23, 1999, at the age of 34, in Kansas City, Missouri. Cause of death was internal bleeding and blunt force trauma. This, of course, he was married to, of course, Martha, married in 1989, and up until he passed away in 1999. He, of course, had two children, and of course, he was from the legendary Hart Wrestling family. His professional wrestling career, some of his ring names, he even called them. He he was even called the 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 British uh, the oh the, the British Bulldog. I didn't know that. Huh. He was also called Bronco Owen Hart, the Blue Blazer, Owen Hart, Owen James, and of course the Rocket. He was built as five foot five foot ten. He weighed about two hundred twenty nine pounds. He was built built from of course Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and when he was the Blue Blazer, he was built from parts unknown. He was trained by Stu Hart and he made his debut in nineteen eighty three. Uh his early life. Owen was born on May 7, 1965, in Calgary, Alberta, into the Hart wrestling family, and was the youngest child of Stu and Helen Hart. Hart grew up in a household with 11 siblings, which, are, of course, included Smith, Bruce, Keith, Wayne, Dean, Ellie, Georgia, Brett, 
Allison, Ross, and Diana. He was of Greek descent through his maternal grandmother and Irish through his maternal grandfather. His father was mainly of Scots-Irish descent, but also had Scottish and English ancestry. Hart was a dual citizen of Canada and the United States since his mother, Helen, was born in New York. That part I never knew, but Professional wrestling career, training an independent circuit from 83 to 88. Hart first gained wrestling experience in the amateur wrestling division at high school, through which he met his wife, Martha. Wrestling was not Hart's first choice for a career, as Martha explained in her book, Broken Hearts. Owen tried numerous times to find a profitable living outside of wrestling. Owen is quoted as saying in the WWE's home video, Owen Hart of Gold, that during his time in the, um, in the university, he wrestled incognito under a mask as the original British Bulldog. Huh, that I did not know. Then after he graduated from the university, he wrestled as Bronco Owen Hart at the Royal Albert Hall in London, England. As those attempts were unsuccessful, Hart was trained in his father's Hart Dungeon and worked for his father's federation, Stampede Wrestling, and in England for Max Crabtree's joint promotions in matches that got broadcast on ITV's World of Sport. He remained with Stampede for the next couple of years while honing his skills. During 1986, he heart teamed with Ben Basarab and won the Stampede Wrestling International Tag Team Championship. The success of the team and Hart's in-ring skills earned him Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Rookie of the Year Award in 1987. After he and Basarab lost tag team titles, he feuded with Johnny Smith and the Dynamite Kid. In 1987, Hart branched out to Japan where he wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling on several tours. In New Japan, he wrestled Kichi Yamada and later under the, and later under the Jushin Liger gimmick. On May 27, 1988, he defeat, Hart defeated Hiroshi Hase for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, becoming the first non-Japanese wrestler to win the title. His reign would end nearly a month later as he lost the title to Shiro Koshinaka on June 24, 1988. The World Wrestling Federation from 88 to 89. Hart's success in Japan and Stampede's working relationship with the WWF led to Hart signing with the company in the summer of 1988. Instead of promoting Owen as Bret Hart's younger brother, the WWF decided to create a masked superhero type gimmick for him which played through his high-flying style. He broke into the WWF as the Blue Blazer, sometimes incorrectly called the Blue Angel. With his early appearances, seeing him defeat the likes of Terry Gibbs, Steve Lombardi, and Barry Horowitz. The Blazer made his pay-per-view debut at Survivor Series 88, teaming with the Ultimate Warrior, Brutus Beefcake, Jim Brunzel, and Sam Houston, our good friend Sam Houston, against the Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine, Outlaw Ron Bass, Bad News Brown, and Dangerous Danny Davis. The Blazer was eliminated by Valentine, but his team went on to win the match. He continued to wrestle in the mid-card, defeating enhancement talent, but often falling short against other named talent. He lost to Ted DiBiase on the March 11, 1989 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event and was defeated by Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania V. His return to the independent circuit from 89 to 91. Shortly after WrestleMania, he heart left the WWF the tour of the world, both with and without the Blue Blazer gimmick. He also returned to Stampede until it shut down in December of 1989. In 1991, Hart lost the Blue Blazer mask in a um, 
of course, I think it's a mask versus mask match against Mexican wrestler El Kinnick. Thus bidding farewell to the Blue Blazer gimmick. WCW in 1991. Hart debuted in WCW's self-titled TV show on March 16, 1991, the first of five TV matches he competed in, all of which were against preliminary talent. One of the bats saw him team with the Rock and Roll Express's Ricky Morton. Hmm. The return to the WWF, the new foundation and high energy from 91 to 92. Hart had been engaged in contract discussions with WCW, but the deal was never struck. As Owen was not willing to move himself and his family to the company's headquarters in Atlanta, instead he signed with the WWF for a second time. And the WWF, the popular Hart Foundation, composed of his brother Brett and real-life brother-in-law Jim Neidhart, had split up. Brett set out on a singles career while Neidhart was used sparingly. When Neidhart returned from a storyline injury, he joined Owen, the former team known as the New Foundation. Owen and Neidhart first feuded with the Beverly Brothers. Then they had their only pay-per-view match at the Royal Rumble in January 92, where they beat the Orient Express. Now, that was a good match. I remember that match. <coughs> Neidhart left the WWF shortly afterward, and Hart set out on a very short run as a singles wrestler, including a match at WrestleMania 8 against Skinner. Shortly after WrestleMania, Hart was teamed up with Philippa Beware to form the duo known as High Energy. They had only one pay-per-view match as a team, at the Survivor Series where they lost to the Head Shrinkers, the team was quietly dropped at the start of 1993 with Hart starting a singles career. The feud with Brett from 93 to 95. In the middle of 1993, was when Brett Hart's feud with Jerry Lawler ignited, Owen stood by his brother's side and fought against Lawler in the United States Wrestling Association, where most of the WWF talent were considered the heels. Owen won the USWA Unified World Heavyweight title from Papa Shango. Owen's participation in the WWF versus USWA feud was cut short when he suffered a knee injury in December of 1993 and was forced to take some time away from the ring. Hart returned to the WWF ring in the fall of 93. Okay. At the time when Brett's feud with Lawler was temporary side, temporarily sidetracked, Brett, along with Owen and their brothers Bruce, Bruce and Keith, were scheduled to face Lawler and his team at Survivor Series. However, Lawler was unable to make it to the show, and as a result, could not appear on WWF television. Lawler was replaced with Shawn Michaels. During the match, Owen and Brett inadvertently crashed into each other, causing Owen to be eliminated from the team. Owen showed up after the match and had a heated confrontation with Brett, while Keith, Bruce, and Stu tried to calm things down. The confrontation resulted in Owen leaving the ring to booze while his brothers and father watched in dismay, and mother Helen cried at ringside. The following night, Owen adopted the pink and black tights, sunglasses, and sharpshooter finisher to send a message to his brother. Owen, angry with being in Brett's shadow, challenged his brother, which Brett declined, and said the brothers seemed to reunite by the holidays. Brett tried to make amends with Owen, teaming with him on a regular basis. Brett even secured to a shot at the WWF Tag Team titles and faced the Quebecers for the title at the Royal Rumble in January 1994. Initially, everything was fine between the brothers, but when Brett hurt his knee, KFAB, and was unable to tag Owen for, in for a long period of time, the younger Hart got frustrated. When the referee stopped the match due to Brett's damaged knee, Owen snapped. 
He kicked his brother in the knee and stopped the match and, and, and then walked off, berating Brett on the Titantron shortly after as Brett was being helped backstage. This started his run as a heel. After the act, an infuriated Owen accused his brother of being selfish and holding him down. Owen admitted that it felt good to take out his brother. The two brothers faced off for the first time at WrestleMania 10, where Owen cleanly pinned his older brother. Later in the evening, Brett won the WWF World Heavyweight title, while Owen stood by and watched in jealousy as Brett celebrated in the ring. Owen won the King of the Ring tournament with Jim Neidhart's help. After the victory, Owen took the name the King of Hearts. Owen and Brett feuded throughout the summer of 1994, clashing many times both in singles and later in tag team matches, with Brett joined by the returning British Bulldog. The two prominent matches took place in this feud, First, their steel cage match in the co-main event of SummerSlam for Brett's WWF World title, which Brett won. This match later received a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer. The second was a lumberjack match on August 17th that Owen initially won and was announced as the WWF World Champion. Brett won the match after it was ordered to continue due to interference. At the Survivor Series, Owen struck the most damaging blow against his brother as he conned his own mother, Helen, to throw in the towel for Brett. The ploy cost Brett the world title to Bob Backlund. Owen also prevented Brett from regarding the title at the Royal Rumble in 90, regaining the title at the Royal Rumble in 95 when he interfered in the match between Brett and new champion Diesel. In the weeks after the Rumble, Brett and Owen clashed again, with Brett soundly defeating his brother, thus putting an end to their feud for the time being. Owen rebounded from the loss to Brett by winning the WWF Tag Team titles from the Smoking Guns at WrestleMania 11. Owen, who was joined by a mystery partner, had challenged the guns to a title match. The partner turned out to be former world champion Yokozuna. After the victory, Owen took Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji as his managers, who already managed Yokozuna. The team defended the title for five months until they lost him to Shawn Michaels and Diesel at In Your House 3. They would briefly hold the title a second time when the belts were handed back to them before the smoking guns regained the title. Owen and Yokozuna would continue to team off and on until the end of the year. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Teaming with the British Bulldog from 96 to 97. In 1995, Owen's brother-in-law, David Boy Smith, turned heel and joined the Camp Cornette stable. During December of 96, the two brothers-in-law started to team up more and more, sometimes alongside Vader, who was also a member of Camp Cornette. Owen was also a color commentator for the 96 team, The Ring, exhibiting clear partisan support for Vader and Smith, and during his time wore a cast on his right forearm for several months, feigning a nagging injury so subsequently used his cast as a weapon during his matches. In September 1996, Bulldog and Hart earned a pay-per-view shot at the tag team titles at In Your House 10. Owen and Bulldog left the gold with the gold after defeating the Smoking Guns. They also left with a new manager as Clarence Mason had conned Jim Cornette into signing over the contracts of the new champions. Signs of dissension, however, slowly started to show. One occasion where this was evident was at the Royal Rumble word when Hart accidentally eliminated Bulldog. After the Rumble, they had miscommunication in matches against Doug Furness and Phil LaFon, and Bulldog fired Mason after losing the match to Crush, who was also managed, who was also managed by Mason, something which which did not sit well with Hart. Another bone of contention between the two was the newly created WWF European title. Both men had fought their way to the finals, 
crowned the first champion, with Bulldog coming out as the victor. After retaining the tag team titles against the Headbangers by DQ on the edition of March 24, 1997 of Monday Night Raw, the tension between the two bubbled over. And in Seth's heart, the man shot at Bulldog's European title the next week. The match was booked for March 31st. On the, on, on the night, the two went at it with such intensity that many thought the tag team champions had finally gone their separate ways. In a shocking moment, the recently turned heel, Bret Hart, appeared at ringside and stopped the match. Bret appealed to both Owen and Bulldog, talking about the importance of family. They agreed to put their differences aside and join with Bret to form the new Hart Foundation, an anti-American stable that also included Hart, uh, Hart-in-law Jim Neidhart and Hart family friend Brian Pillman. The Hart Foundation reunion in 1997. After forming the Hart Foundation, Owen quickly gained singles gold of his own as he pinned Rocky Maivia to win his first IC title. This meant that the Hart Foundation held every WWF title except for the world title, cementing their dominance over the Federation. It was not at all successful for Owen, though as he and the British Bulldog lost their tag team titles to Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels on May 26, 1997, he began feuding with Austin shortly thereafter. Owen and Bulldog got a second chance to regain the tag team titles after Michaels vacated his half of the championship due to an injury. On the edition of July 14, 1997 of Raw, the two entered a tournament and won to face Austin and a partner of his choice that evening for the vacant belts. That partner turned out to be Dude Love, who declared himself to be Austin's partner and helped him defeat Hart and Bulldog for the tag team titles. At SummerSlam in August, Hart was to defend his Intercontinental title against Austin in a kiss-my-butt kiss match, where Hart put up the title against Austin, having to kiss his buttocks if he lost. During the match, Hart botched a pile driver and dropped Austin on the top of his head, injuring his neck. Austin won the title from Hart that evening, but due to the injury, was forced to vacate the title. Although the entire situation was an accident, WF decided to make it part of the storyline as Owen began wearing a T-shirt patterned after Alton's that read, Owen 316, I just broke your neck. Hart then was then entered into the tournament to crown a new champion. Hart fought his way to the finals of the tournament to crown the next Intercontinental Champion and was set to face Farouk at Bad Blood in Your House. Owen defeated Farouk with Alton's help. Afterward, Alton explained that he wanted to beat Hart for the title when he returned and would not allow Farouk or anyone else to beat him. After Hart retained the title twice by DQ between Bad Blood and Survivor Series in Montreal, Austin got his wish and defeated Hart for the IC title again. Later that night, the Montreal Screwjob took place. Brett, Brett left the Federation after the event, and both the British Bulldog and Jim Neidhart were granted quick releases from their contracts to jump to WCW. This left Owen as the only Hart family member remaining in the WWF due to his contractual obligations. Unlike Smith and Neidhart, Vincent Mann did not grant Owen a release from his contract, and Owen remained with the company. He was skeptical about returning to WCW anyway, as he was not confident that the organization would use him correctly. Brett has said the biggest reason Owen did not make the move was because WCW Eric Bischoff was unwilling to match his WWF contract. The Black Heart and Nation of Domination of 97 to 98. Hart was not seen or mentioned on WWF programming, until he made a surprise appearance after Shawn Michaels retained his title following a DQ loss to Ken Shamrock at In Your House Degeneration X, where he attacked Shawn Michaels. Now a fan favorite, but with a new edgy, antisocial attitude, 
heart became known as the Lone Heart and also the Black Heart. Owen had a feud with DX and challenged Shawn Michaels for the WWF World Title on the December 29, 1997 episode of Raw's War. Hart had Michaels locked in the sharpshooter when Triple H interfered in order to save Michaels' title, giving Hart the victory by DQ. He later won the European title from Triple H, although not directly. Goldust dressed up as Triple H in an attempt to swerve Hart, but Commissioner Slaughter considered him to be a legitimate replacement. Hart later suffered a KFAB ankle injury during a match against Barry Windham involving Triple H. When Hart joined the commentary at ringside, Triple H managed to draw Owen into an impromptu title match and regain the title. China interfered while the referee wasn't looking, and while Triple H was distracting the referee, she struck Hart behind the left knee with a baseball bat, picked him up, and threw him back into the ring, where Triple H put Hart in a reverse ankle lock to his injured right ankle to win the European title under referee's discretion in controversial fashion. Four weeks after WrestleMania, during a tag team match with Ken Shamrock against Mark Henry and Rocky Maivia, later known as The Rock, Hart turned on Shamrock, snapping his ankle and biting his ear in the process. After the attack on Shamrock, Hart became the co-leader with The Rock of the Nation of Domination, claiming that enough is enough and it's time for a change. The nation's first big feud after Hart joined was against DX. It was during this feud that DX parodied the Nation of Domination, the invitation was complete with an actor dressing up his heart and uttering the phrase, I am not a nugget. I am not a nugget. I am a black heart, damn it. <laughs> this was in response to Sean Michaels referring to Owen Hart, Owen as a nugget of feces in a toilet bowl that no matter how many times Michaels flushed, he was unable to get rid of. Nugget became a diversive term that followed Hart the rest of his career. Hart's participation in the DX feed was sidetracked when Shanrock returned from injuries, dead set on getting revenge on Hart. The two split a pair of specialty matches on pay-per-view, but nothing was ever conclusively settled between them. Teaming with Jeff Jarrett and returned as the Blue Blazer between 98 and 99. Hart remained with the nation throughout the year until the Sables slowly, slowly dissolved. After SummerSlam, he teamed with Jeff Jarrett. Hart and Jarrett had Jarrett's manager, Deborah, in their corner. During this time, a storyline was proposed that Hart was supposed to have an on-screen affair with Deborah, something which Owen turned down. After a match in which Hart accidentally injured Dan Severn, Hart seemingly quit the WWF. Playing off the legitimate injury Hart had inflicted on Austin the year before, the angle blurred the lines between reality and storyline. Yet as soon as Hart quit, the Blue Blazer appeared in the WWF, claiming to be in no way, claiming in, to in no way be Hart despite it being very obvious who was under the mask. Unlike the first run of the character, the Blazer was now an overbearing, self-righteous heel who treated the edgy attitude era of WWF with disdain. Hart and Jarrett ended up making the storyline comical. The proof that Hart was not the Blazer, he showed up beside the Blue Blazer, who was a masked Jarrett in a later attempt to prove that neither Hart or Jarrett was the Blazer. They both appeared next to a man in the Blue Blazer mask, However, it was always that a black man under the mask, Hart's former tag team partner, Coco Beware. Hmm. On, on January 25th, 1999, in the midst of the Blue Blazer angle, Hart and Jarrett defeated Ken Shamrock and the Big Boss Man for the tag team titles. The pair successfully defended the belts against Test and D'Lo Brown at WrestleMania 15. They lost the titles to the team of Kane and X-Pac on the pre-taped episode of Raw that aired on April 5th, 1999. However, Hart and Jarrett continued to team together until Hart's death in May during the Over the Edge pay-per-view event. 
personal life. <clears throat> he met Martha Joan Patterson in 1982. They married on July 1st, 1989, and had two children. Oji Edward Hart was born on March 5th, 1992, and Athena Christie Hart was born on September 23rd, 1995. On May 28th, 2011, Owen was inducted into the Legends Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame by Jack Blaze in Wheeling, West Virginia, at their LPW Heart and Soul Tour event. The award was accepted by his brother-in-law, Jim Neidhart, who was also inducted that night. Despite Owen spending the majority of his WWF career portraying a cocky, obnoxious heel, he was very well liked by his fellow wrestlers backstage and was known for being easy to work with. Hart was very frugal with his money. He had planned to save enough to retire and live comfortably with his family. When turned on the road with the WWF, he normally would stay in his hotel room while other wrestlers went out and partied on the evenings. Hart was notorious for pulling elaborate ribs or pranks on fellow wrestlers. During a shoot interview, Tony Norris, who wrestled in the WWF during the mid-1990s as Ahmed Johnson and faced Hart in the ring on many occasions, stated that he had received a phone call saying that he was to be featured as a guest on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. After spending a large amount of money on new clothes for the occasion, he was told limousine was to pick him up and deliver him to the studio. After waiting a seemingly long time, he said that Hart appeared and asked him why he wasn't at the show yet. Norris, suspicious as to how Hart could have known about his guest appearance, as he had not told anyone, said that Hart was then on the ground laughing. He didn't realize that Hart was behind the ruse and there was no guest spot on The Tonight Show. Despite this, Norris spoke very highly of Hart and said that he loved working with him. Despite, during the same event, the wrestler sharing stories about Hart during the Raw is Owen broadcast following his death, Shane McMahon mentions Hart and himself taking his brother Brett's wrestling boots and hiding them in a shower. Shane mentioned that he was fearful of what Brett would do when he found out. In his autobiography, his brother Brett spoke of the time when he, their father Stu, and Brett's oldest daughter Jade were in a hotel room during the WrestleMania 4 weekend when Stu, Stu received a phone call, apparently from a former bodybuilder and wrestler, Reg Park, of course, he's the one who made all the title belts too. Oh, he talks about this in the. Uh, I talked about this in the own DVD. I remember this was a good joke. You're gonna like this yeah. one. Oh yes, who said that he was calling from the hotel's lobby? Having been acquaintances before, Stu was originally cordial until Park supposedly began accusing him of cowardice and challenging him to a confrontation. Brett mentions Stu becoming extremely irritated to the point of anger and was ready to meet Park face to face until he slammed the phone down mentioning that it was Owen all along. <laughs> Sadly, his death. On May 23, 1999, Hart fell to his death in Kansas City, Missouri during the Over the Edge pay-per-view event. Hart was in the process of being lowered via a harness and grapple line into the ring from the rafters of Kemper Arena from a, for a booked intercontinental title match against the Godfather. In keeping with the Blazers' new buffoonish superhero character, he was to begin a dramatic entrance, being lowered just above ring level, which time he would act entangled, then release himself from the safety harness and fall flat on his face for comedic effect. This necessitated the use of a quick-release mechanism. It was an elaboration on a Blue Blazers stunt done previously on the Sunday Night Heat before Survivor Series in 1998. While being lowered to the ring, Hart fell 78 feet, or 24 meters, landing chest-first on the top rope, approximately a foot from the nearest turnbuckle, rolling him into the ring. Hart had performed this stunt only a few times before. Hart's widow, Martha, had suggested that by moving around to get comfortable with both the harness and his cape on, 
heart unintentionally triggered an early release. Television viewers did not see the incident. During the fall, a pre-taped vignette was being shown on the pay-per-view broadcast, as well as on the monitors in the darkened arena. Afterward, while Hart was being worked on by medical personnel in, inside the ring, the live events broadcast showed only the audience. Meanwhile, WWF television announcer Jim Ross repeatedly told those watching live on pay-per-view that what had just transpired was not a wrestling angle or storyline and that Hart was hurt badly, emphasizing the seriousness of the situation. Hart was transported to Truman Medical Center in Kansas City. While several attempts to revive him were made, he died from his injuries. The cause of death was later revealed to be internal bleeding from blunt force trauma. And the controversy here. The WWF management controversy chose to continue the event. Later, Jim Ross announced the death of Hart to the home viewers during the pay-per-view, but not to the crowd in the arena. While the, show, while the show did go on, it has never been released commercially by WWF Home Video. In 2014, 15 years after his death, WWE Network aired the event for the first time. A small photo tribute was shown before the start, informing fans that Hart died during the original broadcast. All footage of Hart was edited out of the event. The statement reads, In memory of Owen Hart, May 7, 1965, May 23, 1999, who accidentally passed away during this broadcast. In the weeks that followed Hart's death, much attention was focused on the harness Hart used that night, especially on the quick-release trigger and safety latches. When someone is lowered from the rafters in a harness, there are backup latches that must be latched for safety purposes. Four weeks after the event, the Hart family sued the WWF over how dangerous and poorly planned the stunt was and that the harness system was defective. After over a year and a half into the case, a settlement was reached on November 2, 2000, which saw the WWF give the Hart family $18 million, of course, U.S. The manufacturer of the harness system was also defended against the Hart family, but they were dismissed from the case after the settlement was reached. Martha used millions of the settlement to establish the Owen Hart Foundation. Martha wrote a book about Hart's life in 2002 called Broken Hearts, The Life and Death of Owen Hart. In his DVD set, Brett the Hitman Hart, The Best There Is, Best There Was, and Best There Ever Will Be, Brett said that he wishes he had been with the WWF the night Owen's accident happened, as he would have discouraged Owen from performing this stunt. Triple H has stated in several interviews that the game they named that he would adopt months after Owen's death was originally intended for Owen. Triple H would adopt the nickname himself in honor of Owen. Huh. That, that's very that's very unique right there indeed. Raw is Owen. Raw is Owen is the name given to this, a special live episode of Raw's War that aired on May 24, 1999, the night after Hart's death. It was broadcast live from the Kiel Center in St. Louis. It featured shoot interviews from his fellow wrestlers, According to Raw Exposed, a special that aired before the first Raw airing on its return to USA Network on October 3, 2005, all storylines and rivalries were put aside, and WWF, WWF management gave all wrestlers on the roster the option of working or not. Nevertheless, were 10, 10 matches were booked with no angles. The show began with all the wrestlers, manager, excuse me. <coughs> oh, sorry. The show began with all the wrestlers and managers and referees and agents of the WWF, with the exception of WWF champion The Undertaker and Kane standing on the entrance ramp. Howard Finkel called for a 10-bell salute. 
Hearts former nation and domination comrades were emotional, most notably Mark Henry, who wept as he read a poem that he wrote in memory of Hart. A tribute video narrated by Vince McMahon then played on the Titantron. Throughout the broadcast, personal thoughts on Hart in the form of shoot interviews with various WWF superstars were played. Before the first commercial break, such thoughts were aired from Mick Foley and Bradshaw. Foley noted that Hart was his son's favorite wrestler and had probably gotten a haircut just like Owens, although he also had said his son did not quite understand that nugget was not a term of endearment. Bradshaw talked about how Hart spent less money on the road than most wrestlers because he wanted to retire early and spend time with his family. Owens' friend and Nation of Domination partner of The Rock also made a short speech before engaging in a short match against Val Venus. Tess then spoke about a rib Owen pulled on him. The broadcast ended with Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out for a special salute to Hart by climbing the turnbuckle and performing his famous beer bash routine, ending with him giving a toast to Owen, whose picture was displayed on the Titantron throughout the entire show, and leaving one beer in the ring for Owen. The only notable absence from this show was The Undertaker as he decided to visit his real-life friend, Bret Hart. The tribute show scored a 7.2 Nielsen rating, making it the highest-rated special episode in Raw history and the third-highest-rated show overall. Shawn Michaels, in his heartbreaking triumph autobiography, notes that Owen is the only guy you could have a, a, you, you could have a two-hour show for and no one will say a bad word about him. The next day, WWF taped the episode of Raw for May 31, 1999. During that show, Jeff Jarrett defeated the Godfather, to win the WWF Intercontinental title. The title Hart was booked to win for a third time at Over the Edge. Jared screamed Hart's name as the belt was handed to him. His legacy. In 2001, Hart's sister Diana released her first book named Under the Mat, which dealt with their family. The book was written partially in response to Owen's death and became very controversial. Owen's widow, Martha Hart, pursued legal action over the work and claimed that Diana made inaccurate and irresponsible statements about her and her family. She stated that the book was filled with distortions, misstatements, and unjustified slurs that attempt to destroy the reputation of my family and me and undermine the memory of Owen. In June 2010, Hart's widow, Martha, filed a lawsuit against the WWE over WWE's use of Owen Hart's name and likeness as well as personal photos of Hart's family in the Hart and Soul WWE DVD as well as the failure to make royalty payments. The matter was scheduled to go to trial in June 2013 before the summit was reached in April 2013 for an undisclosed amount. On December 8, 2015, WWE released the first-ever Owen Hart collection titled Owen Heart of Gold on DVD and Blu-ray covering his career. And also in wrestling, here was his finishing moves. As Owen Hart, he did the bridging northern-like suplex it was in his early career, used as a signature move from 94 to 99. A missile drop kick, also early in his career, used as a signature move also from 94 to 99. A reverse pile driver, sometimes while he was kneeling, between 97 and 99. And, of course, the infamous sharpshooter. As the Blue Blazer, he did a diving splash and a moonsault. His signature moves included a diving elbow drop, a diving headbutt, a dragon sleeper, a jackknife pin, a leg grapevine, uh, multiple kick variations including the drop, leg feed insiguri, spinning wheel, and a super. Multiple suplex variations, belly to back, 
belly to belly, German, and gut wrench. So a sunset flip and a victory roll. While he was with Jim Neidhart, he did the move called the rocket launcher. His managers included Jim Cornette, Clarence Mason, Deborah, Bret Hart, and Mr. Fuji. His nicknames, of course, were we said, the Rocket, the King of Hearts, the Black Heart, the Lone Heart, and the two-time Slammy Award winner. His entrance themes was, during New Japan Pro Wrestling 87-91, Hallucination by Carlos Alomar, A Ross Du Soul by MCT uh, Library from WCW in 1991. During his time in TWA in 91, he used Best of Both Worlds by Van Halen. Oh, I didn't know that. Blue Heart by Jim Johnson was between 89 and 91 and 98 to 99 while he was the Blue Blazer. Wrecking Crew from the WWF from 91 to 92. Uh, music for Camp Cornette by Jim Johnson used between WrestleMania 10 and August the 18th, 1996. High Energy by Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire between 96 and 98. Black Heart by Jim Johnson between 97 and 98. The Owen, the Owen Hart version of the Nation theme from, by Jim Johnson in 1998, and Enough is Enough by Jim Johnson from 98 to 99. And here was his crew, championships and accomplishments. In Legends Pro Wrestling, he won the L. Of course, he, he, became, he was inducted into the LPW Hall of Fame in 2011. He, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title once. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, he won the Editor's Award in 99, the Feet of the Year in 94 versus Bret Hart, and Rookie of the Year in 87. PWI ranked him number 10 of the 500 singles wrestlers in the PWI 500 in 94. PWI ranked him number 66 of the top 500 singles wrestlers of the PWI years in 2003. And PWI ranked him number 84 of the 100 best tag teams of the PWI years with Davy Boy Smith in 2003. Pro Wrestling This Week, he was voted Wrestler of the Week for the week of July 5th to the 11th in 1987. While he was in Stampede Wrestling, he won the Stampede British Commonwealth Mid-Heavyweight Championship once, the Stampede Wrestling International Tag Team title one time with Ben Basarab, Stampede North American Heavyweight title two times, and also a member of the Stampede Wrestling Hall of Fame. He, U.S. Wrestling Association, he won their world heavyweight title once. WWF, excuse me, he won the European title once, the Intercontinental title twice, the tag team titles four times, twice with Yokozuna, once with the British Bulldog, and once with Jeff Jarrett. He also won the King of the Ring in 1994. Uh, he also won the Slammy Award three times, first off with the biggest rat in 1994, squared circle shocker in 96, the best bow tie in 97. <laughs> he won the Intercontinental Title Tournament in 1997 and the Tag Team, Tag Team Championship Tournament, also in 97, with the British Bulldog. Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. Uh, he won an award for a five-star match in 94 versus Bret Hart in a cage match at SummerSlam. Best Flying Wrestler in 87 and 88. And Feud of the Year in 97 with Bret Hart with Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, David Boy Smith, and Brian Pillman versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's, oh, okay. Well, that's pretty much uh, the lump sum here, there, folks, of what uh, 
we have to talk about here tonight on Owen Hart. Uh, J.D., wanted to give your thoughts and opinions on this great superstore. What can you say about Owen? I mean, the, the book, I mean, there's so much of a book you can write up and then some. I mean, it's just, I mean, he is, without question, one of the most unique individuals out there, however. And like I said, it's just amazing that he has had the career he has had, however. He's gone all over the world and then some. He's trained with the best. He's worked with some of the greatest of them all time, however. And like we said, however, it's just it's just a shame that he is no longer with us. He left us way too soon, however. And I know for a fact, however, that people still think about him and miss him to this day, and that's understandable. It's just Hopefully they can, uh, I mean, we thought this would be the year he would go into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it looked like it was all but ready to happen. And then at the last minute, maybe something happened. Maybe it didn't, however, I don't know. But I'm hoping that in this next year, I mean, the WWE finally, I mean, they. it seems like, I mean, for the longest time we've all talked about on all the shows, however, that his wife has always had it out for WWE. She's always blamed Vince and the company because of what happened with Owen. And, you know, I mean, it's understandable, but you know what, however, as we said before, if Fred and uh, uh, Lanny Poffo can put their differences aside with WWE, and I know for a long time that was a big problem, too, about the Macho Man going into the Hall of Fame, then why can't Owen Hart go into the Hall of Fame? Well, hopefully next year, however, the WWE finally wakes up out of its uh, somewhat sleep, if you will, and gives Owen his proper send-off. Because this would have been the year he would have been the big... I mean, there was talk even before Kurt Angle went into the Hall of Fame. There was talk before even Teddy Long, before the Rock and Roll Express went in, that this year you could have seen the Hart Foundation as a group and Owen Hart go in. You could have seen the NWO, DX. I mean, like I said, I think next year you're going to have to see at this point how hopefully that WWE wakes up out of its, uh, like I said, sleep power and just say, hey, Owen Hart, however, I mean, we've been... Uh, Sleeping on this guy far too long. I mean, we've had deep, we had a few years ago a DVD come out in his honor. However, you know, and it was a big thing. However, people bought it. I have the DVD myself, even, and it's a great DVD. I haven't watched it for a while, but it is a very emotional DVD. But like I said, Owen has had and did have a very unique career, no question about it. He really did, and it's uh, just a shame that he has just been snubbed over time after time after time. I mean, what do they have to do? to get the head out of their backside and realize that this is a guy who didn't cause trouble. This was a fun-loving guy. This was a family man. This was a guy who made you laugh and also made you uh, like him and dislike him at the same time. But he's done a lot over the years and did a lot. It's just a shame that he left us too soon. Absolutely. And, of course, like I say he's had many, and one quickly I will say, he's had many impacts on your superstars of today. Of course, one in particular, of course, we have talked about this on all of our other shows before, now, of course, your current uh, U.S. champion, Kevin Owens. Uh, and I, and well, not just him, yeah. I mean, other guys, too. Seth Rollins, I mean, AJ Styles, even. I mean, have copied his style. Dean Ambrose, I mean, other guys have have learned from the Hart family tree because, I mean, they've had a lot of guys, and they trained over these guys like Jericho, Lance Storm, uh, Brett, uh, and other guys who have gone through that dungeon. Right, certainly. And when I mentioned Kevin Owens, keep in mind that Kevin Owens named his son in honor of Owen Hart. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, so that caused the thing about his, uh, Kevin Owens has, has been quoted as saying that Owen Hart was one of his favorite wrestlers growing up, of course, up there in Canada. Uh, so, so, so there you go right there. I mean, he still has an impact as much today as he did before he sadly, of course, left us back in 1999. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
but you can but you cannot deny you cannot deny the fact that you know he is is well overdue that he deserved that you know that he that it's time for him guys like him and we saw we finally saw Rick Rude going there after a little while we were concerned about Rick Rude mm-hmm. but of course it's time for guys like I said like Owen Hart like the Bulldog uh, you know like you said a lot of these other samples too I mean especially like I said even considering the Hart Foundation. I mean, the only ones you would have left, which obviously would be would be the original Hart Foundation themselves, which is Brett and Jim Neidhart. Yep. Um, but uh, but of course, of course, at the same time, at the same time, you would also have to, you, of course, at that same point, this would give the opportunity for them to put Owen and Davy Boy and Brian Pillman. And there, because I mean that right there, because I mean, you know, they're going to have to mention that, you know, at some point down the road here, that you know, <clears throat> that they're going to have to, uh, you know, that, that that somehow that he's going to that uh, do they put him in there at first as a singles wrestler, then do they do the Hart Foundation, or do they do the Hart Foundation first? I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, yeah. but, because I mean, keep in mind, I mean, you do that with the Hart Foundation, and keep in mind, Rick Flair will not will become will. Well, of course, it'll no longer be known as the only only legendary wrestler that has been in the Hall of Fame twice. Yep. And Brett will be in there twice, obviously, yep. because Brett's already in it as a singles as by himself. Yep. And so, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with this. I mean, I'm hoping, like you said, next year. I'm hoping Owen is one of those that they consider. I mean, I mean, you you can't you can't leave out a very a very important part of wrestling, which, which, of course, Attitude Era was really firing up around that time. And, you know, Owen Hart was in the midst of that. You know, yep. uh, um, you know, especially, like I said, in the feud he had with Triple H, uh, that was one of the best feuds I, I thought of all time. That, of course, between that and also the, 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 the feud he had with his own brother yep. several years before. But, you know, but, the, but like I said, I mean, King up with The Rock, I mean, I'm sure The Rock learned a lot from him. Yep. Uh, Triple H. Uh, awesome. Let's see. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, I mean, like I said, you just heard right here, spoke very, very highly. Yep. Of him as a and like uh, Triple H and Austin have learned a lot of, of his uh, style. Certainly. There's no doubt about it. I mean, think about it. All these guys may have been either his partners or his foes in the past, but let me tell you something. All of them shared one single thing, and that's because since they had an encounter, each of them had an encounter with Owen Hart at some point in their career, they, you know, knew that this that this man right here was one truly one of the best, best of all time and all that, and his accolades and his contributions and all that will, of course, is, is still sadly missed to this day. I mean, this, this like so this happened, uh, like I said, 99, I mean, this uh, uh, 18 years later. And not only that, though, too, I mean, outside of the ring, however, I mean, some people had different opinions about him, but he was one of those guys who, like you said in his Wikipedia page, he didn't go out and carouse and raise hell and drink beer and do that sort of thing. He kept to himself. He was a quiet individual. I mean, some people knew that. However, some people respected that. Some people obviously didn't respect, but teach their own. But he was also a prankster. He loved to pull pranks on people. He loved to get people worked up. He was always a fun-loving joker, and, and that's one of the few people, that's one thing you don't see in wrestling that much anymore, is guys who uh, have that great sense of humor, both in and out of it, and Owen displayed it 
it seemed like all the time. I mean, he found a way to just get under people's skin. It's like you said, with his father was being the biggest prank of them all, but he would always find a way to work some people off power, and some people loved him for it, and some people say, oh, man, that Owen, however, I mean, I'm going to get him back. But at the end of the day, however, it wasn't always about uh, payback. It was always just want to put a smile on your face, and Owen could turn uh, his smile on anyone. I mean, like I said, I mean, a lot of people said they just... And that's what Ed said when he did his tribute to Owen that night for his own. I mean, he always found a way to make people laugh and smile and cry. And just, that's the way right. Owen was. That's exactly right. And, of course, like I said, we heard the most infamous story of them all, of course. Brett said on his DVD himself about the story that happened during WrestleMania IV. Uh, you know, the deal about uh, uh, playing a prank on his own dad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he was one of his dad's old legendary rivals and all that stuff. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, this was just truly, like I said, a remarkable human being, and like I said, uh, you never see another one like him ever, ever again. I mean, you you see some that you know who, like, like I said, who idolized Owen Hart growing up, uh, and, and then maybe maybe tried to you know symbolize his, uh, you know, his 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 mannerisms in a way, but you can you can never duplicate it. No. You can never duplicate because, like I said, it's the, you know, it's it's the, you know, this is the truly a truly a great, uh, great respectful human being. And like I said, I mean, of course, you know, he got started a little bit late and all that, but you know, he, <clears throat> what 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 else can you say? I mean, yeah. And like I said, like this past Sunday, he would have been 52 years old, which, to me, in my personal opinion. You know, he wouldn't have looked it to me overall. So, I mean, that was kind of a very unique thing in in its own right. So, but like I said, we, uh, of course, like I said, do pay tribute here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to, of course, on one one day, like we said, Owen Hart's 52nd birthday. Of course, it happened this past Sunday, May 7th. Uh, But, of course, but what what, what what a great career. And a great person. Yes, indeed. And, of course, like I said, the next step for Owen, like I said, is one way that he will never be forgotten is that, yes, you know, they're doing the same for Owen Hart. I mean, for the Bulldog to put him in the Hall of Fame, you know, Owen Hart should be not too far behind. Should be right up there with the Bulldog, in my personal opinion. So let's take care of this one more time here. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 142-241-POUND. This is episode number 15 of a very special WWS Wrestling Profile, as we, of course, highlight and talk about the legendary career of the late uh, King of Hearts himself, Owen Hart. Uh, originally, like I said, we, were, we originally, of course, it was supposed to be Top Hill Heat tonight, but, of course, due to an emergency uh, from, of course, Top Hill host King W.O.G.R.T. Smith, uh, we were unable to bring that episode to you tonight, but it has been rescheduled for next Thursday at 7 p.m., of course, that call ID is 140562-POUND. Uh, please continue to keep King and W.O. In, his, in everyone in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, um, and, of course, like I said, and to have more further information about the about uh, the emergency of King and W.O., uh, you can listen to the very tail end of uh, episode 330, 331 of Revolution last last night. He does talk about that at the end of the show, um, so that's best for him just to talk, mention it rather than us, because we would, we do not want to 
is out of respect to his to him and his family. Um, so next week, we'll, Top Hill Inc. should be returning, and we'll keep everyone informed of that as <clears throat> uh, as during the week here. But of course, we had an opportunity here tonight to bring in this right here about what a great superstar, you know, one of the members of the legendary Hart wrestling family. Of course, Bret Hart, truly a remarkable superstar in his own right, but Owen Hart truly, again, was not too far behind either um, in, in what he provided and what he contributed and provided to the world of professional wrestling, whether it was in WWF, whether it was in WCW or in, or Stampede Wrestling or any of the other organizations we mentioned here tonight, you know, he, he made, he made every contribution, he made contributions pretty much all over the wrestling world, my personal opinion. JD, anything else you wish to add tonight? No, uh, other than that, however, uh, like I said, Howard, you, you talked it all, but I will say this, Howard, and I've talked about this gentleman before. We talk about a guy who speaks on behalf of Owen, speaks out of the Bulldog, uh, and I haven't talked about this guy for a while, but I do want to give him definitely a shout-out, however. My very good friend from the U.K., Michael Finney, uh, I've talked about this with you and everyone in the panel before, and uh, those of you out there who are on Facebook or don't have Facebook, however, but do have Facebook, though, most notably, uh, check this gentleman out. This guy has been getting a bunch of supporters, both entertainment and non-entertainment people, however, guys like David Hasselhoff, Kurt Angle, uh, Dean Kane, to speak out on the British Bulldogs fund, however, as well as Owen Hart of getting him into the Hall of Fame. So if you have not signed the petition yet already, he has about thirteen or 14,000 people signed up already. And I've been a part of this thing since the beginning. I've joined this cause for the last several months, however, but I know Michelle's tried to do it. I tried to get you and Gerard and JML and everyone else, but please, everyone in the panel and everyone else out there on Facebook, if you are looking to talk to this gentleman, it's F-I-N-N-E-Y. This gentleman is a great guy, a very, very good friend of mine from halfway across the pond. But like I said, he is the leading cause, Howard, and he's been getting a lot of people uh, to sign his petition. So I'm encouraging all of you to sign the petition to join the fight to get Owen and the Bulldog into the Hall of Fame. He tried to do it this year, and he almost got a lot more. I mean, he's definitely talked to uh, celebrities past and current, current and and on the past as well, as well as current and past wrestlers too. So if you're looking to uh, sign your name to a good cause and you want to keep Owen and Bulldog's name honored and just uh, are a fan of both, however, and have watched these guys and love these guys over this, please join the good fight now, however. But if not, however, it's understandable. But uh, we encourage you to check it out, however. And like I said, he's hoping that he gets more signatures. He's hoping, in fact, he told me, I think, about... Well, I'm going to say about a week ago now, maybe a week and a half ago, hopefully before the year's out, he's going to get, try to get more people to sign. But he wants to get as much as twenty to 25000 by the end of the year to send to WWE. That way they can finally look at it again. And this time, hopefully, as we said, this year it wasn't the year to go in the Hall of Fame. But hopefully this next year, as we talked about here tonight, we will get Owen in the Bulldog into the Hall of Fame. And we encourage you to sign up today. Absolutely. And, of course, we... Definitely, like I said, of course, WWS is a lot, of, a lot of our members on our Facebook groups, Facebook groups have have said that they have, have completely agreed that WWS as a whole will definitely, like I said, support this cause and uh, make sure that the you know the, that David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, uh, and of course, like I said, F. Owen Hart is included in this as well, you know, which I'm sure she should be, in my personal opinion. Uh, Definitely needs to, both needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame without without question. One more thing I did happen to see a while back. I'm sure I t- told everyone about this. You want to talk about wrestlers showing respect 
of course, to the laser one heart here. I remember telling everybody I saw this picture on Facebook a while back. I'm not sure where it is now. I don't know who had the picture. But it was of the legendary Great Muda. Without oh, the yeah. I saw that. Yeah. He standing, of, of, of going to Canada and actually uh, standing right there and and standing there and praying and paying tribute to Owen Hart at Owen Hart's uh, tombstone. Uh, his memorial, we should say. Yeah. But I thought that was a very... I thought that was a very fitting tribute. I thought that was a very honorable thing from one, from one, as I say, one warrior to another. Yeah. Uh, that was, I thought that was a, I thought it was a great thing that he did. Uh, so I'm sure I don't know if he had they ever met in the ring at all. I'm sure they met each other in Japan, but I mean I don't know if they ever had a chance to really wrestle with each other, and that would have been great to see if that was the case. I don't think they did, but I could be wrong. I'll have to look into that. Maybe I'll let you know something like that at some point. Okay. But I don't okay. think he did. Okay. But like I said, from one wrestler to another, though, showing respect, I think that right there was the ultimate sign right there with him, of course, coming to Canada and praying alongside Owen Hart's, uh, the Owen Hart Memorial. Yes, I did see that. That out is pretty cool. Yes, I agree. That was a great picture. That was a great picture. Uh, <clears throat> on that note there, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for joining us here tonight with this very special Wrestling Profile, episode number 15. Of course, as we highlighted, of course, the career of the legendary and late Owen Hart on what would have been his 52nd birthday this past Sunday. I do want to thank the Iceman, J.D., Jerry Jerome for joining me here this evening. <clears throat> and Wrestling Profile is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. We're over one year older and continuing to be bolder. Radio Network <clears throat> continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. And one other thing, I will let everyone know that this Wikipedia page of Owen Hart will be placed on our group page entitled WWS Wiki Files. And you can go and, um, and uh, take a look at that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Wiki Series. Uh, we'll, of course, we'll be joining you here in about an hour for, WC, for NWO Wolf Pack here, pardon me. Uh, <clears throat> as I say, I'm not... Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly where we're where our, where our live video feed is going to be for tonight. Uh, let me see here. If I can let everybody know here, of course, I said call ID uh, 138521-POUND. Uh, of course, tonight our live video feed for episode number 98 will be from, oh, yes, will be, of course, from the group entitled Hardy Boys Fans. Uh, so you can so you can join us there. Uh, join us there tonight for a live video feed of episode number ninety eight of NWO Wolfpack here coming up here in about like I said one hour. Call ID like I said one three eight five two one pound. <clears throat> for the Iceman JD Jerry Drama, this is Mr. WS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you so much for joining us here tonight, and we will talk to you here soon. Uh, like I said on on NWO Wolfpack, take care of yourselves and each other. <clears throat> And, of course, uh, as always, here in the WWS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless.